Hello, my name's Dave Matthews, and you're listening to You Started an Agency. It's a podcast kind of like every other advertising podcast where intelligent, innovative, and articulate agency leaders give original insights into what it takes to succeed in this industry. The slight difference is that it just so happens the people I'm speaking to have no idea what the agency is I'm about to tell them that they own, and they're going to be improvising answers in real time to everything you hear. Everything you hear is made up, even the ad breaks. What's about to happen? I don't know. But here we go. Today, my guest is Nitsa Lotus. She was my managing director for four years at TBWA Australia and recently in 2021 promoted to chief growth officer, which begs the question, why are you here? I have no life, Dave. That's why <laughs> okay. I'm here. We're not here to talk about working together in the past. We're here because you started an agency. Would you like to know what your agency is called? Oh, please. Your agency's called Unsuitable, uh, suit in capital letters in that. So while you have a background in account management or as a suit, just like I do, you've come to realize over the years that if you remove this function from your agency, it really means you can undercut competitors, save a lot on hiring people, and you just give clients you know, job titles that they easily understand, like creative, designer, strategist. Another part, and this is me reading off a PR release that you've obviously put out, you educate your clients, your staff, that project management and relationship building and 360-degree perspective on clients and all that kind of jargon are just nice-to-haves, but really it's just like a core team of the actual doers is what you need to smash it. So I'd love to just start with, like, where did you come up with this idea? Oh, years and years of experience, honestly. Really, the suits, is it a function that we really need in an agency when clients can clearly do that project management piece on their own? They can clearly determine and articulate their brand strategy with really no help. And, you know, what function do they really play in the agency? I mean, outside of, you know, pushing work through the agency, determining what clients want. I mean, clients can do that themselves, really. Fair enough. I mean, I'd love to know how does it work with clients? Like, are they just functionally, and we'll start with a bit of process and then get into more, you know, the the philosophy and the mission of your agency and whatnot. But uh, just functionally, like, do they contact the creatives designers directly? If so, how much do your staff enjoy that? Oh, look, we've basically disrupted the agency model. We've Mm. broken it, turned it upside down. We've now invited clients into the agency so they can have direct conversations with planners and creatives and be part of that process and feel like they are at one with brand strategists and creatives. So, and it's, it's a rather enjoyable process. I would imagine a rather enjoyable process for creatives specifically to be able to have that direct access with clients. I mean, Mm. I can imagine one creative not wanting to have that. Mm. There was a photo in the press relief when, when you went live of, a creative was sitting at their computer trying to write copy and there were three clients, um, one standing behind, one either side, pointing at the screen and saying what to do. And that just seemed like a really healthy and productive atmosphere. Is that the kind of atmosphere you're creating, these pods? Oh, absolutely. We call that deep collaboration, like deep collaboration. Have you trademarked that? Uh, do you know what? We've been thinking about it and I'm talking to lawyers about that and it, I think it could be a global trademark. But, you know, deep collaboration really comes to the point where everyone's responsible for the idea. This notion that creatives have got the skill set and the experience to develop creative, I mean, that's kind of arrogant, isn't it, really? 
the idea can really come from anywhere. That's what we've been told. It's what has been espoused by great creative directors all around the world. But the reality is that, you know, there's layers and layers and unless you've got the creatives and the clients directly having that conversation, you know, you can't, you really can't get to the nub of the matter. Yeah, great. This is really starting to feel like we're getting to the the philosophy of how you create great work. I'd love to just spend more time on how things are working, but it seems like maybe there's been a few, maybe call them teething issues that have been kind of reported from ex-employees. But have you noticed any teething issues popping up after removing this function? Oh, look, whenever you start a new anything, there are going to be teething problems Anytime you launch a new brand, anytime you launch a new company, of course there's going to be teething problems. One might, it's, it's unreasonable not to expect that. But I think what's delightful about this process is that with that open source model and that deep collaboration, I kind of feel like we get some conversations that are happening between clients and agency that feel a lot more real. So, Perhaps there's a lot more frustration, say, and the emotions run high. Yep. Okay. And that's a good thing. I think that's a good thing. That's how you get to great creative. Yeah, exactly. High emotions, huge amount of collaboration. Is there any scenarios where, you know, the clients that you work with will understand or maybe say, oh, okay, let's let the creative team go and work for, you know, a week and a half uninterrupted to crack a big idea. No, they love the interruption. I mean, they say they don't, but I don't believe them. And neither do clients. They don't believe them either. I think, you know, uh, sometimes creatives can kind of get in themselves, you know, in their heads. And so I think it's in, I think it's healthy to have clients there consistently, constantly. I mean, I wouldn't call it a barrage of, of um, feedback. More like a fluid feeling, like a, like maybe a tidal wave of feedback. A tidal wave sounds good, yes. It's a yeah. tidal wave of feedback. Yeah, and it really fits in with marketing psychology there where, you know, um, people say, I ha- I don't like McDonald's, but then they'll go and eat McDonald's. It's like, okay, you didn't know what you were liked. We needed you. We needed to tell you what you liked. And that sounds like you're letting your creatives and designers and strategists like have that experience of what it's like for consumers to think they don't like something, but you know better is what I'm kind of hearing. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, everyone, you know, the creatives think they know better, but clearly they don't. And I think that, you know, this, the, the ideology of, you know, um, deep thought, going away, cracking a problem, coming back, presenting, what a complete waste of time, honestly. Mm-hmm. So although it taps into exactly what you were saying, that psychology around I I say I don't like it, but I'll actually go and do it. And then, you know, they go and do it just like you say. Yep, that sounds brilliant. And then there's obviously another positive to all of this, which is the remuneration side and the fact that, you know, I I don't mean to say um, kind of trigger memories of of unhappy memories when I say this, but there are some agencies out there where, you know, the account management and business management team makes up, you know, 20 to 30% of the agency. And now you've reduced that to zero. So that 20 to 30% of, you know, paying employees full-time salaries or project managers as a freelance cost and all those bits that are kind of always painful for, for, for an agency owner, um, you've removed that. Have you passed that saving on to client or is that kind of just better for your bottom line? How, how, what's the benefit of, of that removal process? I don't think it's an either or. I think it's an and and here. I feel like, um, yes, I've removed it. It gives us a great competitive edge. I mean, people who say that they lose pitches 
because they didn't show up or because they're creative. No, pictures are also lost on cost. Let's face it. You know, there's so much pressure on marketing departments. They've got so much more to do, um, but they've got so much less to do it with. We're just trying to help. We're just trying to, you know, this is our competitive edge. It's like we just divvy up the tasks. Everyone takes responsibility for the ideation, the strategy, and then project management. And, you know, we try and, you know, if, if, if clients' budgets are under pressure, the way to kind of get around that is to kind of go, right, let's, let's figure out what we have to do and let's divvy up the tasks and then you save money and everybody's happy. Yeah, such a solution-focused attitude. And on that, I've heard because I'm reading it on your website, unsuitable.agency. Do you like our website? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw it went live a, a year and a half late. So I kind of felt like even that kind of maybe man- lacked a bit of project management. But it, it finally got there. For the first year and a half, it was just a picture of you with your thumbs up yeah. with the word, um, call me, I'm great, uh, which I thought was an interesting approach but somewhat effective. Um, but now that you've actually transitioned to, you know, having words on that website, um, not just a picture of your face, uh, I think has made it even better. Look, Dave, the realities are in this new cost model, one has to prioritise. Mm. And our client's work is obviously clearly more important than my website. And I really thought that, you know, cutting to the chase, having cut through, really simplified message, look at me, I'm great, come on board, it worked a treat. I mean, we've grown our business. It happened slowly at the beginning, but we're, we've we've grown significantly. And, you know, we've got a nice little culture going. You know, they say culture eats strategy for breakfast and it feels like we're, we're doing a good job there. Yeah, an exceptional job. And that's what everybody's talking about when they talk about your agency. What I'm going to do is just cut to an ad break and then come back and pick this conversation up again. In a land that time forgot... Where pigs fly and monkeys sing, we bring to you Pig Monkey Dishwashing Detergent. It smells of pigs, but tastes like monkeys. You should definitely eat it. In a word, where flying Saxon dishwashers are normalised in space. One man chose not to play by the rules. With the help of his giant cat, he takes on the zoos of Brooklyn just to realise that what he was looking for was waiting for him at home all along. The dishwasher man, out on the 20th of June. Okay, welcome back from the ad break. Something else I'd heard about your agency is you've gone one step further than just getting rid of the project management and kind of suit function, but actually even got rid of things like finance, office management, human resources, really streamlined it down. Can you just talk me through the ethos behind that decision? I think it's one thing to obsess about peripheral services and obviously suits having been that peripheral service. The crux of our agency offering is that you get direct to creative contact, direct to strategy contact. DTC, DTS. Exactly. Deep collaboration. You know, clients crave that. This whole shift towards in-house modelling, we've just, we're ahead of the curve there because they don't necessarily have to hire those people and they can have that deep collaboration and go direct to the creatives to, to, to change those T's and C's, to change that headline, to, you know, without the pushback that you normally get in them, many layers of, of feedback back from the agency. I mean, it is a waste of time really, isn't it? 
Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. And um, I'll, I'll admit, and maybe this is me being a bit underprepared, I haven't seen that then kind of coming off into work that has been really inspiring and noticed by the industry. Do you think that maybe there's a, an effect of the client being too close to the team? Or do you think that's maybe um, an intentional decision that, you know, you know, you don't want to PR your work because the work speaks for itself? Um, it, it, is there, do you have a point of view on that? And then maybe any examples of work you are really proud of? Look, lots of creative agencies focus their energies on awards. We don't focus our energies on awards and PR. That's not who we are. We do it to push clients' business, you know. Marketing marketing departments want to be positioned as the growth engine of the whole company. That's who we work for. We don't work for Khan, Lion. We don't work for Clio Awards. I think that's there's an arrogance there, obviously. And they say that, you know, creative talent has got to be attracted by awards. Yeah, sure, there's some truth in that. But really, you know, the kind of work that the industry is obsessing about is precision marketing you don't really need a lot of creative for that so I kind of feel like there's a nice little halfway point a nice little niche for us we fit in quite well and you know who you know we, we work with clients who who really care about the bottom of the funnel yeah it's it's really good to hear that I, I have heard you on a few podcasts now but being asked the quite direct question of the great work you're proud of and you you have in the past kind of avoided answering that directly with with a bit of a um I don't know, spiel in a different direction, but I feel like that time you really did answer me directly. So I really appreciate that insight. What I'd love to do now is just get into a bit of like role-playing of a few scenarios. So one is if I'm one of your clients and I say, hey, Nitsa, working with you guys, uh, you're great. And we came to you because we saw your website and that really got us in the door. And now that we're here, what we're actually finding is that having no dedicated account lead is quite chaotic. Uh, It's actually creating more work for us Um, rather than saving us money, do you think you could add a dedicated resource to the next project who's our kind of one point of contact? I think that's a complete waste of time. I don't know why they'd want a one point of contact. They've got three points of contact. And it's just a, a maths equation. Three is greater than one. I think that what we need to be looking at is helping those clients you know, restructure their own marketing departments. For them to work to your model, not you to work to their model, right? Yeah. I mean, cost cutting is a huge trend in our business. It's a big reason why pitches are lost. You've got to give them what they sometimes clients clearly, you know, they say they want something. It's like that psychology piece you talked about before. And then they, when they realise how really the, they're asking the wrong question, it's like, could we look at their FTE? Could we look at their processes and structure to see how we can help them restructure their departments so that we can all work in that deep collaboration model together? I mean, that's really the question they need to be asking. Brilliant. Now I'm going to do a role playing of an employee. So, okay. Um, hey, Nitsa, I'm your head of planning. Uh, I have a strategy background. You hired me to fulfill the function of building a strategy team and doing great brand strategy. Uh I just have so many functions to carry out here. Yesterday, you had me negotiating a master service agreement with the procurement team of our client. Because I'm carrying out so many roles, I don't actually have time to focus on what I'm good at. So do you mind getting rid of some of the clutter and allowing me to do my job? You're going to thank me one day, I'd say to this employee, because while you think you have a strength in planning and you say you want me to remove clutter, what you're really asking for is to help you 
in the areas of growth for you. Like you've got a growth opportunity to learn a new skill set and that's what I'm giving you. We've got a hybrid model in this agency. You're able to multitask, you're able to develop the strategy and see it through. There's such a huge sense of satisfaction that comes from seeing a job through all the way from the brief to the very last dispatch. And and I say that that is a, another feather in your cap. Great. That's It's just so interesting to get an insight of how you motivate people to get on board. Um, so if you would then just summarise the mission, the vision of this agency and what you're doing uh, in just a sentence, what would that be? Okay. So I would summarise the vision of the agency being we are one, one team, one dream, deep collaboration at our core. We get to great ideas quickly, efficiently. We get there fast. And, you know, we all feel we all feel the idea. So I, I kind of say to, to you that this is the model of the future. This is disrupting the traditional agency model. What Get rid of the middleman. They have very little purpose in our agency. We've restructured everything, refined our processes, direct to creative, direct to planning. That is our mantra. Wow, that's such a... Um concise and articulate vision that you've just put forward it's Isn't really it? really easy to remember and rolls off the tongue the brand planner helped me develop that while they were dispatching a global campaign and you can tell well see there you go you obviously are an industry leader with a strong point of view on how the industry is shaping up so what i wanted to do is look at one of the best brand campaigns of all time and just do a quick analysis so we can help our audience understand how it does what it does. This is a section we call Breaking Down Brilliance. And the ad is, of course, the Brad Pitt Chanel Number no. 5 monologue. Let's go, let's go. It's not a journey. Every journey ends, but we go on. The world turns and we turn with it. Plans disappear. Dreams take over. What this ad does so well is... Firstly, it has Brad Pitt, and any good ad campaign has Brad Pitt. And secondly, because it's a luxury premium brand, what it's doing is saying things that only smart people really understand who are on that level. Is that your take of the first half of the ad or something else? Oh, absolutely. And I think you made a really good point about Brad Pitt and a kind of a calibre of talent and a a good-looking soul like that being in a Chanel ad that has such a depth of character clearly being portrayed in that spot. It's just incredible. I'm on the journey now. I'm really excited to see how this ends. But wherever I go, there you are. My luck, my fate, my fortune. Chanel number five. Inevitable. Oh, chills. Yeah, chills. I mean, it took us to a really interesting place at the end. The fact that it ends with inevitable, um, I'm going to be honest, didn't really make sense to me, but this is where I, I think I'm probably not intelligent enough. But as someone who's like an industry leader who started their own successful agency, wh- what does that mean? You can see Brad Pitt is cracked wide open in that spot. It's, it, I, I, I would say that Brad Pitt wrote that script. It kind of came from him, not from the brand. He's just representing that brand in, in the best way he knows how. Yeah, and I feel that's probably a good link back to what you're creating with your agency where 
I'm imagining, you know, how that agent is working. It was probably Brad Pitt sitting next to a copywriter, maybe picking up the computer and throwing it out the window and going, no, this is how I feel and here's how I'm going to speak. And it's that probably, I'm not going to say deep collaboration because you've trademarked that, but that's what leads to this great work where a lot of people were probably inputting into what that should be and making it make sense. Having Brad Pitt in an ad, that makes it super memorable, but that copy surely has been written by 50 people. Mm. and crafted. That takes a lot of craft. Mitza, it's been brilliant speaking to you. I know that you're very busy and you did say before the call that you have a few fires to put out in the office. I'd just love to kind of finish with top lessons learned you had. There's a lot of young entrepreneurs, people starting their own agency, people who are moving up in their career who are always emailing me as the curator of this podcast going, you know, these are the kind of questions we have for these market leaders. And I don't answer them because I don't have time and I'm kind of too important. But what I want to do is kind of give them a blanket answer through my established guests. Right. Okay. Well, I've been in this business for 28 years. I've started this agency one and a half years ago. And all the lessons that I've learned along the way, I've put into this agency. And Collaboration is clearly the big takeout of the day. You get to creative by clearly collaborating with each other. All right, that was my session with Nitsa Lotus. What an inspiration. What a way to cull down the fat in an agency, so to speak, and really focus on what's important. Absolutely inspirational. If you want some more inspiration, jump onto the at you started an agency Instagram page. It's not ran by any project management team or organized by anyone. So maybe content's on there. Maybe it's not. If you write me a message, that'd be great. Maybe someone will check it. Maybe they won't. But if you don't write, you won't know. See you next time.